Welcome to a new episode of Delsigop Talks. Today with me, Matthias, Andre, and today we have a guest with us, Igor. Welcome, Igor. Would you like to introduce yourself a little bit? Yes, I would like. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for having me, first of all. I have been listening for a while your podcast. I have checked it, and we met with Andre online via LinkedIn, and I think we are both are AWS community builders. Uh, so user group organizers. Wow. Yeah, so I think it's it's quite good that um, you can meet so many people from different parts of the world via yeah. this community, and it's always a nice chat with them. So about me, I'm living now in Barcelona. We have sun and clouds, which is very rare thing, but uh, we are happy because there is some, some rain coming probably today or tomorrow. Um, I'm working as an independent consultant, uh, basically contractor with uh, UK e-commerce website now. Um, so there I'm a team lead. I have been working in the same uh, customer project uh, as a tech lead also, um, having different resp- responsibilities, but um, building this bridge between business and developers for a while. Um, also now mentoring, teaching the people to work with the more interesting tools, which are not so familiar for the developers in the commerce field, because for example, there is this German thing called commerce tools. So I'm also now kind of proficient in this one. Um, and it's, uh, the one which is following very nice event driven approach with the, uh, just HTTP, uh, API first approach. Yeah which I really like, honestly, for the e-commerce, especially when we talk about mm-hmm. dinosaurs like SAP, <laughs> uh, because I have been working for a while in Tieto and think we talked with Andre about this. Um, so I think it's, it's, it's a nice journey for me working with AWS for last five, six years and solely uh, dedicating myself to Lambda's serverless um, oh, cool. playing a role in between like <laughs> infrastructure and uh, um, development. So I think we could talk about this because I think it's it's interesting because as I understand, you both came from more uh, container-based workloads and started in the cloud maybe earlier than me. Uh, so we have different paths, of course, but... Uh, I think AWS, AWS and public cloud is so big and so huge nowadays that there yeah. is no way you can learn everything and every path is different. Yeah. Yeah, and nice I'm... to meet you here. <laughs> it's so nice to have you here. Uh, today we should discuss CDK, right? Yeah. And uh, this is the first... Do a little bit of intrigue, if that's okay. Yeah. Because uh, we do speak a lot about Terraform on this yeah. podcast. We, do. we did have a little bit of conversation about Pulumi, yeah. which pursues an approach where they give tools for developers to deal with infrastructure in the language they know. Yes. And uh, the CDK might be the similar beast. Well, maybe originally, because like now Pulumi is evolving into something else, as we said, they're more like building tools for building the internal platform, where yeah. they manage secrets, and give you the catalog of the applications, and do GitOps-style deployments. So there is a lot of going on in that corner. Uh, but we don't really have, 
had any conversation about cloud formation. We never spoke about CDK. And no. Igor has a lot of experience with CDK, so we thought it might be a good opportunity for us to have a deep dive. And yeah. another good intro for this talk might be the fact that there is uh, some serverless application. What was some? Serverless uh, application model. This thing. I think oh, I think it's better. Yeah. I think it's better to talk about cloud formation, SAM and CDK, because right, I think yeah. we cannot skip uh, all of them and go just for CDK. Yeah, but this is a serverless framework, right? That, that's serverless framework become... is a different thing, uh-huh. also. So, yes, that's, that's becoming now basic, right? You have to pay for the serverless framework. Yes, which exactly. means that there will be a lot of people who want something like that, but uh, yes. which is free. Um, yes. CDK might be an option, so this talk is for you. This podcast is for you, those poor people. <laughs> <laughs> so, can we go back to the beginning? Then? What is yes. CDK? Because I mean, do I, do you know this already? But this is the first time for me hearing about CDK. So, uh, who wants to explain it? I think I could start here. Yeah. Uh, with CDK. Uh, it's important to mention that it's Cloud Development Kit. Yeah. Uh, I think I like this big name because it gives you the understanding that something would happen, mm. something interesting would happen, Cloud yeah. Development Kit. So it's basically from framework which gives you the opportunity to write the code uh, and provision your infrastructure. So you're writing code to provision your infrastructure. So every every cloud resource is is your code. So it's some classes, basically. Yeah. And uh, I think it's cool that it supports like these languages like Java and TypeScript uh, and Python, I think C Sharp. And it has these languages, like most of them are kind of having object-oriented approach. I think uh, with uh, with Python, I don't remember anymore. No, do not (laughs) write it anymore. But I think other ones like Java, C Sharp, uh, TypeScript, so they can follow this object-oriented approach, which is quite great for many developers nowadays doing infra work. Because honestly, I noticed that many backend developers are going into cloud more and more, and I came also from the same background. So, Cloud Development Kit uh, gives you this ability. So it's basically an uh, npm package which you're installing uh, on your machine and and do the CDK uh, init. CDK deploy, all these commands uh, to plan and provision your infra. Uh, the best part of it that it's based on the cloud formation. Okay. Cloud formation, its own, uh, it, it is own um, tool from AWS to do this infrastructure as code. Yeah. I think that's that's cloud formation is one of the also oldest services, I think, because it, it, it appeared quite early. And I think some of the big cloud providers are still lacking something of cloud formation. And I think it's cool that AWS were uh, thinking about way, way, way ahead. So they made this uh, cloud formation. And at some point, uh, Lambda arrived. And when Lambda arrived, uh, people created the serverless framework because it was really um, not handy, I would say, to to work with uh, Lambda and provisioning Lambdas. And... uh, I so, think many they packed it. so many resources. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. So many resources. They also packed it nicely in the YAML format of yeah. uh, very, very readable YAML format, not the one which is cloud formation, because cloud formation has 
uh, has like the downside that it's like huge. All the files are huge. They're super stable. Yeah. They will be working for years, 10 years past, and it will be working <laughs> still. But they are having this disadvantage of being uh, huge. It will be for one, two lambdas with some event coming, like S3 bucket event coming uh, into lambda and doing something. It would be, I don't know, 300, 400 lines easily. Yeah. Um, also linting these kind of yeah. things uh, yeah. they are becoming tedious and that's why serverless framework arrived i think it was the first uh, trial to create the uh, the way where you can uh, write this infrastructure code easily like much much easier to simplify the workflow uh, yeah. to to make it faster to deploy something and it also had this tool set of packing and deploying and uh, I think this was also a big thing, but then more things started to arrive. So, for example, as I think it's as a as a response from AWS, there there was this SAM, which was basically an upgrade of the cloud formation, and it's still uh, a nice upgrade of it. So, I think they learned lessons from the serverless framework and still continue doing this, uh, and made it such that CLI tool plus the some language uh, updates for the cloud formation. But it was not enough, you know, because I think there were already Terraform, there was Terraform, there was Palumi arriving to yeah. the scene. And that's why I think they started to think about CDK. And uh, I think it was like very experimental thing for, for a year or two. It was still in beta and uh, we were waiting for it when it became like generally available and everything. <laughs> and it was like a big thing. Um so CDK arrived and CDK changed many things because on top of the CDK, you can build uh, many of your applications, your constructs, you can reuse things, you can do classes, you can do uh, patterns uh, in terms of the security, some wrappers. So there are many ways. So that's a short history. Wow, yeah, yeah. So CDK is then a way to provision your AWS resources based on the code language that you usually use, right? If you're using Java, right. it's Java. Yeah. This is a classical CDK yeah. because yeah. now there is also CDK for Terraform. I think CDK oh, for Cloud oh. for, for Kubernetes. And I think there is <laughs> CDK for, yeah, CDK yeah. Terraform, Kubernetes, and uh, classical CDK for AWS oh, cool. resources. Cool. Cool. Basically a code generation tool. That yeah. Yes. Your whatever language you use and convert yeah. that to the Access ah. of cloud formation, then it deploys it, so it doesn't call APIs. And I oh, guess, yeah, yeah. in order to for it to work with um, other things, except of AWS, they would need to do CDK for Google Cloud or something like that. Yeah, right? so it's okay. Prim- primarily used for AWS only. Yeah, I oh, think now. I yeah. think now, if you want to use it with Google Cloud, you will need to do CDK Terraform, probably. Yeah, yeah. Well, then, right. So with CDK Terraform, you can basically rely on Terraform providers to call. Yes. Yeah. Appropriate APIs, and then you can manage everything. And I and I think this is a great bridge because at this mm. point you can use Terraform via CDK. But but how do you use it before you deploy application, or do you use it? inside your application. I mean, if if you're setting up a, a Lambda, do you run the, the code first and set up the Lambda and then deploy? Or do you deploy your application in Lambda and then in Lambda you create other resources, say that you need a 
or death or something. I think it should be part of your like deployment pipeline. So when okay, you're doing yeah. CI CD, you will be first. You will need to have the all the resources. Yeah. So you will need to have to to write the write the CDK code and do some CDK plan, for example, and then CDK deploy. Oh, and yeah, yeah. CDK will take part of the uh, finding resources, uh, resolving all the variables, and also. Uh, it will pack your Lambda because, for example, now the big thing which is happening now that uh, you can use ES build with the uh, CDK natively. So it has the construct for that. So you're basically writing your configuration of the ES build, how to pack your Node.js code uh, through mm-hmm. the CDK. And it takes uh, takes uh, part in the basically packing your code even. So packing yeah. and the transpiling and everything. And then you minimize it also, I mean, what, whatever you want. And yeah, then then you do the deploy. Does it have so, a notion of the state? Oh, sorry, I interrupted you, Matthias. Go ahead. Yeah, no, yeah. Of course, it of course it has it has <laughs> the state. It gets it from CloudFormation. That's the best yeah. thing because CloudFormation ah. is, is an, an engine which is working for many years already. Yeah, Apple yeah. tested with many different teams. I think uh, AWS itself using it internally a lot, and uh, CloudFormation. I think it's the kind of uh, the web, which is really yeah. um, attaching it together, all the all the yeah. services together, and makes it possible to write this infra and um, support. It supports the states. It supports yeah. the, the things which are so. Basically, CDK relies on the provider it uses for the state. It will just output yeah. the whatever code it generates, um, then hand it over down to the two users. Yeah. So yeah, it, it it generates in the end. It's uh, it's cloud formation. It would be JSON file basically, yeah. which would be deployed. So it's in so synthesizing. Like, it's called synthesizing in uh, in terms it's of uh, There is a common problem if you rename the resource, like you have um, security group, which inside Terraform you call and that's just Terraform name. Security group one, you change the name to security group two, and Terraform will think, oh, like. So it's technically the same security group, but I have to delete it. And then I have to create a new one. And then you also might have the race conditions when you apply this. So mm-hmm. then usually people will do Terraform state move to resolve this stuff. And it might be sensitive. I mean, the resource that you renamed, you don't really want to be deleted because it might be in production yeah. and might disrupt yeah. something. How does that work with CDK. So you generate a new template and potentially names have changed in uh, in uh, in output text. Will it handle it somehow or will it create a mood block? So... I think it hmm. depends on a, a lot on the particular case of the cloud resource. I don't know exactly what's happening with the cloud resource uh, of the security group, but I believe that if you are naming, if you are changing the name, the cloud formation should no, be. No, no. What I mean, I, I, I change resource ID Terraform. So like ah, resource, Terraform mm-hmm. resource ID within the Terraform <laughs> state. So if if I change, like if I had that resource definition in Terraform, and I change that ID from SG one to SG two, Terraform mm-hmm. will say, saying, well. You actually deleted this one, and you want to create that one, and then you have this refactoring pains where <laughs> you need to go and update your state. And yeah. well, the security group it might be very primitive example, but mm-hmm. 
you might move resources around. That will be another thing, right? So if but if, it if will you be have cloud formation that on. will handle the change, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. So cloud formation so, will yeah. be deciding on this. Yeah. And honestly, I'm not sure that you will be ending up moving state because your stack will be the same, right? So I think it will decide on its own. So the one thing that which could happen that you need to thoroughly check this, like in the cloud formation itself. Yeah. So maybe in the AWS console, you need to go and check the cloud formation, how it's how it's resolving this issue. Or I also, I think, I think you, yeah, you have a plan. Yes, yes. Yeah. I, I wanted to say that you have a plan. Basically, yeah. you have mm. a plan. I think it's called CDK, not plan. I don't know. I have you. <laughs> Probably you infected me like with that. the Terraform stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's not planned. I think it's called a different, but, uh, but you will what? definitely see before before uh, applying anything. You will definitely see the the changes it would make, yeah. mm-hmm. and in most cases they are not severe, like like in Terraform, like because Terraform, as my latest work, the couple of months ago, I have been doing some changes in Terraform here and there. It wants to destroy everything all the time from, <laughs> from my point of view. Maybe I have been spent so much time in cloud formation and the AWS mm. native tools. Yeah. Because like mm. Terraform it if it doesn't like the state of the resource, it will try to destroy it. In cloud formation it's it's not an issue in many cases. So that's why I also like cloud formation. It won't try to destroy everything. It would try to do something to change it to modify it. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead, Matthias. Yeah, so, sorry, I see, when we talked about it now, you said, like, okay, in the pipeline, you apply your change and, you know, AWS is updated when you're late. I think that's the same as, like, Terraform or Plume. It, it, it's, of course, a different language when you write it. But for me, you don't do that much changes, I mean, in the infrastructure. But what interests me is, like, if I can wrap this uh, kit into my application then my application can take decisions and change its infrastructure based on like performance say that the load is going up or uh, and today i want a bigger database it, then the application itself could be able to provision during runtime to increase its, its numbers or database i see that as a great benefit is it not used in that sense i mean if I, if you just run it in the pipeline uh, it's like it's, it's the same as the other tool, but when we first talked about it, first it was more like a library. You can inject in your code and then use it when in, when the code lives and in you know in runtime do infrastructure updates. When you basically change the code of CDK, you would try to redeploy. For example, I know for sure that stuff like uh, Elastic Cache, if you yeah. want to change the cluster yeah. uh, type. For example, this probably try to modify it. Yeah. So there should not should not be such an such an issue. No. There. But but the benefits are then that you write your infrastructure in in the code that you're most comfortable with, right? Yeah, and the the best part I think that um, if you have Java code base and all your developers are Java developers and. Yeah. It's, it would be easy for them to go for a CDK and try it and do something with it already. Of course, if you have dedicated ops team, for example, platform team, yeah. I think we have discussed the platform engineering a lot last, last yeah. episode. I really yeah. enjoyed it. So if you have uh, this platform team, 
of course, the language could be different, but in, in my experience nowadays, I have been working now with a colleague who is having a lot of like experience in the setting up Kubernetes and cloud resource and everything in different, like different languages and different ways, like from shell scripting to Python to whatever. Yeah. Uh, he's not struggling at all to understand and do something with CDK. So, and mm-hmm. we have even t- TypeScript and I'm not sure that he's mm-hmm. having this experience with TypeScript, you know? So I think the the verbosity of the programming language helps. I don't know how it's in t- Python because I haven't been working with Python CDK too much. I saw the examples, of course, but mostly my experience is about TypeScript and uh, Node.js ecosystem. But I would say that uh, even people with the non-developer per se background, they are not struggling to understand the code and do some changes there. And if they understand the pattern of creating classes and constructs, they are they are fine. So they are not having too much of a problem. But can you also, like, you can't install it in your library and then it can detect? No, you can't. It would be nice if you can run it like a library and then it's like, okay, now I'm doing changes in my Node.js, now I'm opening a new port and then the CDK picks that up and updates the, the resources to match the new port. Because that would be in the in the in the code base, right? Yeah, you can uh, yeah. you can do it you can do it as like modules. So yeah. you can make modules out your of your constructs. So we can stop a little bit for talk, talking about constructs. Because yeah. I think uh, in Terraform you have modules, right? Yeah. Here you have this I think updated notion of the modules, it, they are called uh, constructs. Yeah. And I think they are both, they are like modules and the patterns for, yeah. for the reusable infra. Because, for example, what happens? So uh, when you write CDK code, you have, uh, you have an opportunity to use the CDK construct library, which yeah. is the basic source of truth for many uh, cloud resources, right? Yeah. And in many cases, for example, Things like Lambda, like S3, they have already really good constructs where everything is typed. You know what are the enums there, yeah, where, yeah. what are the values, and it's the best because you can also learn on the go even if uh, you don't have so much experience, uh, not with S3, but with something more more exotic. Yeah, Andre, you have a question. Construct <laughs> is, uh, is um, one-to-one to resource. Like so, the construct no. would be a street. That's, like that's, that's, that's the thing. Yeah, or you can have many things packed into one construct. You can you can have many things in one construct. That's why I say right. that it could be just mm. a typed version of cloud formation, right? Because cloud formation in the end is just JSON or YAML, right? Yeah. Uh, so construct there are three levels. I think uh, I think there are three levels of constructs. So. The level one construct is the construct which has just one one to one relationship, right? So S3 bucket would be one S3 bucket construct, right? Yeah. Then we are going, and it will be just directly related to the uh, CF cloud formation or CFN properties, as they call it there. So they will be just uh, cloud formation uh, parameters, right? For the S3 bucket. Uh, level two construct is when you have them typed, when they are done in the way that you have, uh, I don't know, what would be the example? I don't know, for example, for Lambda. Yeah, for Lambda, there will be like supported runtimes, right? Node.js 16, 18, 20, uh, Python mm. 2, 3, whatever, right? Uh, so they are already in Oops, they are yeah. 
definite mm. uh, amount. And there will be like level three constructs. So level three constructs is where the magic happens, really, because they can be patterns. And they can be produced either by community or by, by your internal team. And you can put, I don't know, uh, event-driven pattern, right? For how do you want to trigger your Lambda from SQS, right? Yeah. With all mm-hmm. your configuration, security, IAM policies, whatever you need. Yeah, so level three constructs, constructs is giving you this kind of uh, reusable modules and parts. And I think they are making it um, very flexible CDK to make it uh, for your inside your organization and also to take it from the community. Has any very popular community constructs? Yeah, like the uh, place where first, people go and get those constructs? Yeah, for the first, the one which I told already, there's construct library. I think it's called AWS construct mm-hmm. library. I think it's one of the most like official ones because they are provided mostly by city uh, by AWS team. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are also, I think there is also a construct hub and, uh, I think there is something, one more for serverless, but I'm not exactly sure now. Um, we can, we can put it into notes, right? Yeah. 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 If you are having notes, so we can later we, put it into notes. Yeah. So for example, some of, some of them are just like this level three contract constructs. Yeah. And I think it's like the same what you have been uh, using for Terraform with uh, some open source, uh, open source modules, which are yeah. Yeah. there. Yeah. I found it looking at it. Oh, cool. So uh, if, if you should get started with CDK, uh, uh, how should you, uh, can you give us some steps to um, first, like install the libraries? But uh, what's the first thing you would run to set up with the CDK? Uh, how to get started? First, first, yeah, first, first you need the CLI. You will need Node.js. You will need CDK in module installed. Um, I think there is a good CDK workshop for the very, very beginners, where from yeah. the beginning you can start and do the project. And I think they have it even for a couple of different languages. So basically it has the great CDK init sample project, which can give uh-huh. you a great head start. So we can kick off your using of the CDK in your project. You can try to experiment with it. And it's pretty much really straightforward. Uh, the only thing I would say that with CDK, maybe you need to know a little bit more about cloud formation because I think it's super helpful to, to understand the, ba- the base kind of. Yeah. And then how you and then you can trigger it from from your local computer and just run the as a normal uh, node script or anything, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can yeah. Uh, also CDK includes this. We have a noise. Yeah, from somebody. Now it disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to say that uh, CDK has uh, CLI tool, which could help ah, you okay. to to do the plan. To apply ah, cool. the changes to deploy it back, uh, see the available stacks, because I forgot to say yeah. that one important thing which you can do from CDK, you can do multi-stack deployments. So you can have not only one stack, so stack of yeah. resources, it's like from cloud formation. So yes. when you're packing them in some some channel, not the piles of uh, resources. Yeah. So when you put them in, a, in, in, in multiple uh, assortment, let's say. Yeah. 
But do you have to trigger uh, them with the CLI or can you, you can trigger them from your code, right? Or do you have to work with the CLI to uh, apply your code? Yeah, I, I think yeah. You, need, you need CLI. Okay, yeah. For this yeah it's probably what is the same as Terraform. You need yep. yeah, yeah, to apply. It's the same. But you write, instead of writing it in, in, in HLL, you write it in, in the Java. Yeah. No. Okay. In, yeah. in, in Java yeah. or Node.js or whatever. So whatever. What's, your, what's your take on uh, developers that are writing infrastructure code? Because we waste this opinion many times <laughs> here. That they just don't have uh, time for that, really. But what was your experience? How much time do we have? Two minutes. <laughs> we have time okay. to go. All time we need. I am okay, free let's, till tomorrow. Let's, let's try to to make it as a final answer. I think it depends on the project and it depends on the background of the particular person in the team. Hmm. So, uh, for example, um, if you're working with Lambda serverless, this stack of uh, not doing lots of infra setup when you're not setting up VPCs, uh, like security groups, right? When you're mm -hmm. not setting up Kubernetes, uh, maybe some clusters. Like, I mean, ECS is a little bit borderline, I would say. So now it's ECS with Fargate is becoming much simpler, mm -hmm. I would say. But uh, when when the, there is no need of doing very um, complicated um networking setup, uh, mm -hmm. not only networking access setup, for example, I think developers could write in for code and with the mm -hmm. tools like CDK or Palumio also, it makes them doing this and they become, became very productive with this, uh, in, I would say in, in weeks, not, not like in months, mm -hmm. it will be in weeks. It would happen in a couple of weeks. You will have a productive person who can do some, some CDK, for example, or some. I'm, I'm not sure how is it with Palumi. I haven't been working too much with it, but now we have it mm -hmm. in the project. Uh -huh. But I would say after, after CDK, uh, Palumi is fine because I think we use Palumi because it has the provider for Cloudflare, okay. which is lacking for CDK. Uh, mm. So that's why I think developers could write code for for the cloud infrastructure. And I think there are now the big thing which is happening that there is tools like SST, which made on top of the CDK, where even front-end people can create the needed infra to deploy their website. I think it supports this uh, Next.js, uh, for example. So we can provision the whole uh, full-stack application. Also, AWS supports this with... Uh, the tool called Amplify, because it's also right. CLI yeah. tool, but together with the with infra and how to deploy your authentication, front end storage, uh, object storage, yeah. whatever. It's like many things, and, and also extended. Visible yes, that's famous for doing one thing in many different ways. Uh, yeah, but I, I started, I think I was thinking always that it's kind of weird, but now I thinking, and I was also struggling with understanding Amplify, AppSync, because they were advertising in the beginning Amplify yeah. to get with AppSync a lot, mm -hmm. and I was always confused. But when I used uh, one of them or another, like in, in projects, I understood, okay, Amplify is more like tool set. So it gives you like the whole uh, variety of tools. So yeah. that's mm -hmm. why for developers, it's easier to do this. So. I think there is not such a big problem, but th I think especially what's happening to myself also, when I want to do some more complicated things like setting up Kubernetes cluster or mm. doing changes there or provisioning new pods, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there should be some guidance from the person who has the experience. And I think it should be like more hand in hand with yeah. the people who know this uh, mm-hmm. better. Because, uh, of course, uh, it shouldn't be unattended. Uh, the developer shouldn't be able to commit, mm-hmm. push, and the other developer checks the API and they just two developers decided, okay, let's go to broad. No, I think it should not be like this. I think yeah. in this way, it's better to have uh, expertise. But, but, I, uh, but I think you can. I think we have that actually, or not the full, but I mean, what we're talking about here is like, um, you as a developer has the power to create the resources you need it, yeah. right? It's, yes. it's not maybe like VPC, it's a security yeah. group. It's, it's like, it's, it's the resource you need. You need some lambdas and maybe yes. Q. So I mean, from, from, from me as a platform, I don't see any difference in setting up like a, a backstage. Then you can click to get a MongoDB mm-hmm. server, whatever. Here instead you give like, Here's the code. You have the power. Set up whatever you like, right? And uh, yep. if, if it's done with the CloudFormation here or, or CDK, then it's structured. It's in the same way. It's all inside the, the boxes that we have as a company. And if it's, then I can trust two developers for well, us to, no, to take care of it. Now, now, now I have an interesting <laughs> question. <Yeah. laughs> so it's basically my lack of knowledge of. Um, Cloud formation. So, and um, let, let's imagine I have CDK. I creating IAM resources, mm-hmm. and uh, the AWS user or AWS role that I'm using has no IAM access, but mm-hmm. I generate cloud formation template that creates roles. And then I submit that to CloudFormation. Will CloudFormation create those IAM roles for me? Uh, I think it depends a lot on your credentials and yeah. to your access. Because I think if you don't, if you, for example, if you are initiating from local machine, but you have yeah. control policies or something which are not allowing you such things, probably it won't do this. No, but- if it comes like from a... the CI/CD pipeline, hmm. which has more, more so um, cloud formation rights. relies on my credentials. It will use my credentials to create objects only. Yeah, yeah, I think so. That's what yeah. you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So the pipeline, for example, there will be different set of permissions. For example, from your local machine, right, and from hmm. the pi- pipeline machine, let's say GitHub yeah. Actions or whatever you're using, a hmm. cold build, which has more permissions. That's Actually, one of the good things using a cloud formation together with code build, code pipeline, because it has like more abilities to limit things and, uh, you know, not like putting that into roles more than and policies and more, not, mm-hmm. not like in GitHub Actions, for example. I think it's easier to authorize and not authorize some changes. Yeah. Well, isn't it the same with, with, with Terraform? You need your, you're using the Terraform with your credentials, right? More or less. So if you can't create the resources in AM, you can create them, right? Uh, so I think we're up to 35 minutes here. Uh, and the last takes, last word here on uh, CDK, what you can do with it. Andre, do you want to go first? I still have questions about uh, the refactoring phase. Okay, but go ahead. I don't then. think we will be able to answer them here. I probably just need to get my hands on it and try and see how it works. 
<laughs> refactoring from which from Terraform to CDK. Well, no, no, like like if I'm changing stuff in CDK, how it will affect and how it will be applied basically. Because yeah. if I renaming the objects, right? So like I had the S3 bucket which keeps the same name, but the identifier of that object within the language or within the Terraform changes. There are steps you need to make to ensure that the bucket is actually not deleted, but just a, a, its name is updated in state. I mean, its ID is updated in state. So I, I usually call it state massaging. So <laughs> like you need to massage the state to prevent the server from being deleted. So this part is still a little bit unclear for me. The rest is, uh, I think, clear. So thank you for explanation, Igor. Thank you. I think it was uh, useful for for you because you, uh, yeah. this was great because you you <laughs> both have not so much experience with CDK or not at all, and I think it's uh, it's a great audience to to present to something. So because maybe many people who are listening they also don't know many things and mm. they were scared to try, and I encourage to try it out and see how it goes for them and for for mm. the people or at least trying. Other tools like Sam, for example, I think it's quite important. I think in the in the world where Terraform and Serverless Framework they want also to earn money, which is obvious. <laughs> uh, I think these tools like Sam CDK will be much uh, safer choice uh, for the new infra. Especially, I have been working in a really huge enterprise, and they have like uh, basically they have approved vendors, right? And yeah. there will be not more than too many of the cloud no, providers. No. There will be one or two. And that's that's perfect because in this case, uh, your team, your part of the organization can use CDK and be safe of not thinking about the licensing, right? And this kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah. Because I, I think AWS doesn't want to earn money on CDK itself or SAM itself. Mm-hmm. They want to earn money because it would be easier to deploy yeah, and to yeah. provide resources. Yeah, Another thing is the cost of optimization, of course, but it's like mm-hmm. for all the infrastructure is cold and it's like super easy to provide resources but then to optimize them it's it's uh it's a different it's a story. challenge mm-hmm. yeah it's a different it's like it's a completely different story it can be like the whole other podcast of how you do <laughs> after a year of production what what do you do to optimize costs so it's a different yeah, story. yeah that's a really interesting topic uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I think it's great i think uh, sometimes yeah, I think that... we never we never did this episode on cost optimization no we should do that that's always the problem. Always you should, the problem. Yes. And like yes. actually, I, I, I do quite a bit of cost optimization. And, and I would say yeah. every every big consulting company, like quite big consulting company now is having the people who are doing cloud economy. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I'm going to pause this to the next episode. And then I would say, <laughs> I like the CDK. Uh, <laughs> sometimes I, I get a struggle with, with Terraform and... Uh, I, I would like developers to, to create resources in, in Amazon and be interesting in what's happening in the cloud because the stuff is running there. And if the CDK can, can bridge the gap and you can create your resources with the code that you're most comfortable with and it's still doing cloud formation inside that box and the permission that me as a platform can mm-hmm. set up, that would be great. Um, mm-hmm. And with that, I just took the last word and uh, say... Uh, uh, thanks you for tuning in and uh, notes and uh, links will be in the show notes okay bye 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 thank you
You have been listened to the DevSecOps podcast with Matthias Andre and Julian. For more podcast and notes go to the webpage devsecops.fm. Thanks for tuning in.